Hello everyone, welcome to episode 703 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollack. This year's Cold Waves Festival covers three cities over three weeks, starting in New York City September 13th through 15th, Chicago September 21st through 23rd, and finishing in Los Angeles September 27th through 29th. Featured acts include Over, Frontline Assembly, Maybe Manifesto, Decrypts, The Black Queen, C-Tech, Chemlab, and many, many more. Head to coldwaves.net for the full lineup and ticket links, including pre-shows, post-shows, and VIP packages. This week, we're chatting with Jason Corbett. This is Actors.
growing up through the 80s and 90s, I, I got exposed to certain music that really ended up influencing me later on with, um, you know, David Bowie being huge in the early 80s and then, well, being huge always. But when, when Let's Dance came out, I was just, you know, like nine or 10 and really his whole persona really affected me. And, and then I found later that just from that whole much music MTV generation of hearing, you know, synth based pop music in general, like whether it was Gary Newman cars or, or even like more post punky stuff like um, modern English melt with you something about the poppiness of it, but the sounds of the synths really stuck with me. And then later I kind of went through a heavy metal phase and then, uh, as an adult, I was, you know, starting bands and playing in bands and always kind of, I was after something, you know, like trying to like, not get famous, but like get like some sort of financial success and make it, you know, quote unquote. And then kind of what happened was, is I was like, oh, screw this. It's like, it, it just felt wrong. And I started just writing music and recording on my own, my little home studio at the time. And that's kind of how Actors was born. I just started releasing single by single and I, ha I had a band together. And that uh, was 2012 when I released our first single, Post Traumatic Love. And it was a definite left turn for me musically because it's, you know, electronic drums, program drums, heavily synth based, different vocal approach and very kind of a little lower fi than what I had done in the past. And it, that song, like, it's still our number one Spotify track. It tapped into something and resonated with people, and it gave me the confidence to keep releasing music and, and developing actors, but with no real goal in mind. I was releasing just single after single and, you know, taking my time with it. About a uh, year and a half, almost two years ago now, the current lineup of actors kind of solidified. Adam Fink uh, on drums was always with me. And then um, Jamil Russell joined us on bass. And then Shannon Hemet, who also plays with her solo project, Leathers, that I work with her in that capacity, she joined the band. And it just felt like for the first time, it's like, oh, the band is complete. This is how it should be. I'm okay kind of getting behind this and really promoting it. And then um, Artifact Records kind of popped up out of nowhere and was like, hey, do you want to put a record out with us? And I had never thought that I would even put out a full length with actors. I thought, oh, I'll put out a single here and there, and I'm going to continue on doing my production and, and mixing work at my studio, Jackknife Sound, here in Vancouver. And uh, I actually said no to Artifact when they first emailed. I was like, no, thanks, cool. And I just wasn't even thinking, you know. He kind of messaged me back. He's like, well, at least let's have a chat on the phone. And then I talked to Jamil who was familiar with the label, uh, our bass player. And he said, you know, don't you think kind of like working with someone, you know, like Artifact would be better than just doing it ourselves. And uh, I kind of had a change of heart. And then when I talked to uh, Yasek on the phone, the, the owner of the label, he just won me over. He just, he just got me and he understood art and music and the balance between, you know, art and commerce within putting out a record and, and I felt like I, I had more to gain than to lose, you know, like the freedom to do what I want to do and just someone who really believed in what I was doing and wanted to help me. And that kind of brings us up to this year where we released 
the first um, pressing of the record and it's it's sold out. It just sold like crazy and we're booked for a bunch of shows and you know we're doing the Cold Waves festivals as you know and Infest outside of Manchester and WGT and and a whole bunch of other great stuff and we've been playing pretty steady this year and the response has been really fantastic. I just want to quickly go back to the fact that you were putting out singles for for the first five years yeah. or so. Singles make a lot of sense now the way music is is consumed, but I would say even back in 2012, it probably wasn't as common for someone to just start off with singles. No. So what made you decide, let me just put this first one out instead of waiting until you accumulated enough to, to put something longer format? Well, I knew that the pace I was working at was going to be too long. I was like, oh, I don't want to put out a record like two years from now when I get around to it. or, And I just felt excited. Technology had kind of caught up. Like, I made the video for PTL for $5. I got a, a fishbowl, filled it with water, stirred it, and then started dropping different colors of food coloring into it. And then I slowed it down. And that's the whole video. I thought, I want to release this. So I released the video. And in the video, I had the links to Bandcamp. It started selling on Bandcamp. I thought, well, cool. This is cool. So, And then I had another song done. And I released another song. And it just kind of seemed like before like the Spotify kind of, kind of uh, business model. I thought, well, why not do a song at a time? And then I kind of did two songs here, there, or another song here, there. And what my uh, goal was is the video comes out with the song. So your first impression of the song is actually the video. The video leads you to the band camp. That's kind of where my head was at. And it's funny because even this year, some of the artists I've been working with, they're like, you were kind of probably unintentionally ahead of the curve with this whole releasing singles thing, you know, like, and, and so I'm not surprised with the question. It just, it, it really, um, it, it just happened really naturally. And so did actors. It was like, uh, even from song to song, like how each song would be different. That was another reason I thought, well, maybe I can't do the full record because every song felt so different to me. And I thought releasing it as singles gives each song the attention it deserves instead of being like, oh, that's an album track, you know, and no one really gets to it. With the release of uh, of the record, what's interesting now is that there's three or four songs that, you know, were never heard that I had finished and recorded for the record. But all the songs are reinvigorated now, and now I've got the benefit of that. It feels like um, a momentum was building a desire to have a full-length record, you know, it was like a really long lead up, a five year lead up to a full length record, but it's given the songs new life. And then hearing the songs in order on the record, how I've placed them, it plays nicely too. And there is no filler on the album because the, the songs and the kind of what I was after has been kind of road tested for the past five years. That's what I like to think. Anyways, I didn't want to put any songs on there that people could go like, ah, nah, you know, think there's a little little bit of everything that actors is on that record and I'm, I'm really proud of it it's funny to hear that what what sounds like these like meticulous conscious business decisions are just what's come naturally for you and it's like whatever your instinct mm -hmm. is seems to be working a hundred percent even the lineup of the band like 
over the past five years, it's changed quite a bit. Aside from Adam on drums, who's been my rock, you know, it's keyboard players have changed, bass players have changed, and then I play guitar. So those players have changed mostly because, you know, it was like either it was like it just didn't work out or I, something didn't feel right or, you know, we were a five-piece, then went down to a four-piece. And um, everything just kind of feels just naturally clicked. Like, I didn't think I was ever going to go touring again. I was sick of touring. Even playing live, I wasn't that interested in a few years ago. But I've been reinvigorated because it just feels right. Here I was down in the States last you know couple weeks on tour. And I was like, wow, I, this is amazing. Because it, it's not like when I was really a lot younger and like, I want to be a rock star or I want to get rich playing music. And I feel like the whole dynamic of being a musician, not only has that changed with the industry as I've gotten a bit older, I want to connect with the people that my music touches in a way that I would want to, you know, connect on a level with artists that I like, you know, it's about sharing as silly as that might sound to say out loud. It's like, you can see it when you play a show you're connecting with people after the show, you're talking to people, this music that people listen to, or you or I listen to becomes a soundtrack to um, our lives. You know, I just want to be a part of that narrative.
not only are you playing Cold Waves this year and Infest, which you mentioned, and Terminus. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the past couple of years, I always consider those the big three for, you know, this scene of music. And I can't remember any year, and I I could be wrong in this. I'm sure sure someone will let me know. But I remember any year that I saw one band do all three of those festivals in one year. It's been a really strange year. You know, like with Artifact wanting to put a record out for us, that came out of nowhere to me. Um, It all started, though, uh, with Chris at Terminus reached out to me last year and said, hey, do you want to come out to Calgary and play my festival? It's called Terminus this is what we can do, you know, get a hotel for you. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't really want to. <laughs> it was the same thing. Like I didn't know about it. I was out of the loop. He got me on one line. He said, you'll be playing to your people. And I was like, Oh, okay. All right. And then I looked, I looked online and I saw that, uh, cold cave had played it the year before. I really like, uh, I really like, cold cave in, in in what wesley does and and i thought okay let's let's go out and do this and then um when we pulled up out front with the van i got cold feet because everyone was like dressed all kind of industrial outside you know <laughs> and i was like oh shit <laughs> this is this is not this is not going to go over well we're not the right band for this show they misbooked us and like i drove around the block and i almost chickened out <laughs> And then I parked around back and then I was like, okay, let's go in. We got there on a Saturday night, but we didn't have a lot of time to spend on the other nights to be there, but it was a blast. And I had so much fun. And and Chris came up to me after and he's like, I think you guys are going to do really well this year. I can feel it. He said, when bands play here, I can tell there's certain bands that are going to go on and do cool things. And he said that to me and it was like, I remember telling the band and we're like, Oh, that's nice, you know? And then all of a sudden, just more and more things started happening. And Chris and I had met up. I was out that that way in the winter playing uh, another festival out in that area. And he said, um, you know, I'd really like to have you come back and play a better slot. I was like, that's amazing. And then kind of around the same time after he first said that last year, I was like, I said to the band, I'm like, could you imagine if one day we played cold waves in Los Angeles. Could you, could you imagine? And then it's like, now we're playing all three. It's like, and then Infest and, and then WGT and Leipzig. And uh, it's like, you know, she's in Mary chain playing that show. Peter hook and the lighter playing Infest. There's all these amazing bands playing cold waves. We're playing another show in Brooklyn called, uh, called a, a murder of crows. That's a festival we're playing out there as well. Uh, we're doing another part-time punks in Los Angeles, and it's been really fantastic. We've got three more videos that are in the can that we're waiting to uh, kind of time and release. And then backtracking a little bit to our album release on, on March 9th, it was our biggest show here in Vancouver ever. There was about 350 people packed into the rickshaw. So it just feels good to kind of have everything timed well with the album release because I know from the past that can be re- really challenging. You know, you go, Oh, well, I have a video done, but not the album done. Or, Oh, I have a tour, but the record's not done yet. And everything just feels right. Being on all these shows, it's like, this is great. We can condense it down to like by October 1st, we're done all these festivals. You know, we'll played for 10,000 plus people by that time. 
And I'd like to see how the reaction to the record is at that point, you know? And then we just, just take it from there. It sounds like you'll need a third pressing at that point. The first pressing was what green, right? And this, this second pressing that, that as the time we're recording this and when we go up, people have to check on Bandcamp if it hasn't sold out yet. Uh, so that'll come out, that'll be re-released in June and that's going to be orange. Who's deciding these colors? Is there a logic behind it? Why? Do you like one of the colors more than the other? It just seems very, it seems like there's a purpose behind it. And I, I just, I would like some sort of inside story. Right. Okay. Well, you tapped into the palette a little, did you? It's like, there's a similarity between the two. Um, no, it's the first record that green was an homage to Joy Division substance. And the, and the color that they used on, on their record for, for one, you know, for one of the pressings that I've got, it's, it's, it's essentially that green and the text on the album cover was that green. And I wanted to just pay a little homage to that, um, because that was a, that's a big record for me. And I just thought the green against the black looked, it looked cool without like kind of being like. I thought it looked a little different and cool. And then with the orange one, I thought kind of looked at what, what was available to us. And I thought that, that kind of felt like another tasty color. Like they're both almost like Jolly Rancher colors. And like, I almost, I just wanted to like eat it. So I thought that's going to be a delicious color. And Jamil in our band, his favorite color is orange. And uh, I thought, yeah, you know, he loves orange. I like that color. Let's do it. But I've already got the next album's whole layout and colors already done. But for a third color, if we do a third, I don't know. Like, I think uh, I want to push the label to to do something a little more dramatic, maybe. Maybe something with, like, my blood in it or something. (laughs) So is there anything else that I missed coming up that you wanted to mention? Well, we've got our new video coming out. There's a fantastic video that was shot um, by uh, a talented uh, director, videographer uh fiona uh, uh she's living out in the uk she's originally from vancouver it, it's kind of interesting i saw her on facebook one morning posting a video about her son hero who's he's this adorable like a little angel he's got this long blonde hair he's dressed like a little adult and he's just this tiny little guy and uh i messaged her and said hey can you shoot a video for this song I just think it would really be great if you, you know, shot something with your son. And she's like, I love this song. It's super like up my alley. And then I kind of went to sleep the next day. I checked my inbox and, and she had shot a video and it's just her following her son around at nighttime where they live out in like in England somewhere. And uh, it's an amazing video and I've been waiting months to share it. So we're going to release that uh, shortly before we head over on our tour. So before May 9th.
On this episode, you heard Lapel David, Face Meets Glass, and Bury Me. Actors can be found at actors.bandcamp.com. Our opening music is Madmaker by Accumination. The closing music this week is Outhouse by Anus. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we chat with Eric Powell from Hellbent. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Wave's fallen Chicago musician and soundman Jamie Duffy. Here's Jamie's bandmate Jason Novak talking about one of their little-known side projects, Anus. Anus came out of this hilarious road trip that we took on a Sunday afternoon from Kansas City to Denver. And we had to drive through maybe, I don't know what that is, about eight hours of dry county, no booze anywhere. And this was a day off. So out of frustration, we just developed this idea of like, uh, uh, I don't know, of making a song. And then that led to Jamie figuring out a way to use the, the iPod jack in the car and his laptop and a mixer to, so he could start making beats and we could record little bits in the car. And that's where this joke that we came up with the, of the word Anus, which I'm sure is, if I think about it, it's probably based on um, Sasha Baron Cohen doing, uh, doing one of his bits and he would mispronounce the word Anus as Anus and we just thought that was really funny. And then it turned into this whole language that Dan Brill adopted of his like German alter ego would speak of all those people. And uh, then the song, we said, like, why don't we come up with a tune that's really just super tectonic, you know, kind of making fun of that whole Rammstein sound, maybe Leibach a little bit. So driving during this, this boozeless day of all days, like, we came up with making, you know, we put some loops together and recorded a few things. And then we got to the hotel that night and we were in Denver and, and glorious booze, you know, flowed like Niagara Falls. And then Dan had written some ridiculous lyrics and we were recording and this was full bore and we ended up with this really cool song and, and it was Alf House by Anos. And then we start, thought, what if we could just make this band? You know, and you read about all the European festivals and there's just so much like dark wave music and these guys make all this money and there's hundreds of thousands of people all loving this and all you have to do is have, you know, we figured a bald guy in a leather jacket, maybe a pair of shades, no smiling, Somebody else had to be wearing some sort of army decor. There had to be some sort of army decor involved in it. That person could be on a keyboard or in a key stand, and you are, you're set, I think. So we figured Honest was gonna be our entrance into that, but we just couldn't keep a straight enough face to pull it off. People started to like pick through the words and started to realize this, this can't possibly be serious. <laughs>